This is Jeremy Beasley. You're listening to H10, Hanshin Tigers, English News. And we're back with a fresh episode just for you, fellow Hanshin Tigers fan. Welcome to this episode 186 on a Tuesday. It's a sunny Tuesday, fall day here, October the 24th in Nishinomiya, Japan. I'm the host, founder of H10, T-Ray, and joining me from Hawaii is Sanjay. Welcome back to Hawaii. Aloha, brother. Aloha, brother T-Ray. It is still October 23rd here in Honolulu, Hawaii, and I'm totally jet lagged because i just flew in from california so pardon me if i'm not as eloquent as i normally am which is really kind of a low bar (laughs) no i wouldn't say so i think that your voice adds so much to the show we love having you on the show um and uh even a half-baked sanjay i think is better than just t-ray alone so i appreciate you being here Well, on today's show, of course, we are going to review the Climax series final stage. And because, spoiler alert, the Tigers won, we're going to be previewing the Japan series as well. Sanjay, are you ready to give the fans their required dosage of HT dopamine playoff style? You better believe it, T-Ray. All right, so bye. It's time for a little bit of rumors and news. So the first bit of news is probably the most urgent, if you will, and that is on October the 26th, that would be Thursday, and I believe it starts at 4.50 p.m. It's kind of an odd starting time, but the annual NPB draft is going down. It'll be live uh, out of Tokyo, and I think it can be viewed, if not on YouTube, then definitely on some official site. We can probably post that on our socials as well as uh, maybe in the show notes here. But uh, have you ever watched the draft, Sanjay? Um. I think many years ago I did. Okay. When they had like uh, TV cameras in there. And I understand that this one, they, they're going to have like some members of the general public participating or at least watching as well. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, they did that pre-pandemic and then during the pandemic, it was all kind of shut down and every team had their own separate room that they were in, of course, with the partitions and everything, even between uh, staff members on the same team. But now it's kind of back to normal. And so I'm pretty excited to see how it, it shakes down. Uh, and I think actually they're charging admission for the first time ever. I think it used to be free and it was just like a, a lotto to get in. And then you just got in. Well, hey, if you can bring money in, do it, right? I mean, people are going to pay bucks for this or yen sure. for this. Absolutely. Um, so for me, like recent memories for the Tigers would include uh, the Takayama sweepstakes, which the Tigers won, except that they didn't know that they won until tv went to commercial we talked about that in the last episode <laughs> yes we did and then the very time, next yeah. year when we got oyama with the first first overall pick i don't know if you remember that it was a bit of a surprise though from uh kanemoto people thought he was going to pick either chihaya sasaki who right uh out yeah. of uh oberlin university and instead we went with oyama and there was just this huge buzz and like negative energy coming from the crowd that was there and yeah, oyama says that. to this day he's like that fuels me man so well yeah. Hey, whatever, whatever powers you, man, keep doing it, Mister Big Mountain, because you're do, you're the man. Absolutely. Yeah. And then speaking of uh, being the man, Sato. Uh, what four years after that would it be? Um, 2016, 2020. Yes. Uh, it was Sato was the first overall pick, and he was actually being chased after by four different teams, and uh, Mister Yano picked the winning ballot, and so we got the rights to Teraki Sato, who now sits firmly in the number five five spot in our order. So we've gotten some really good D1s lately, and that also would include then Chikamoto, right? Um, yep. So absolutely excellent draft. We never know on the day of the draft how good the guys are going to be. But if you look at like the last three years, and you can go to H10 and find all the details, look at our last three seasons of drafting and how outstanding have the picks been. Yeah, hats off to the scouting team, man. Like we have built this team from the ground up. Very few free agents. Um, almost all just fresh draftees that came in and have made a huge impact. So again, we're not going to list them all, but if you just go back, like in the past, let's say if we go back to Chikamoto, like most of our team has been drafted from 2018 through 2022, the last five drafts, and mm-hmm. have made an outstanding team for us. Bring it on, scout team. 
All right. Well, let's once again remind the fine folks, and we'll do this again um, in our next episode as well, about the victory parades for the pennant, um, which will take place on November the 23rd. That's a Thursday here in Japan. Um, one in Kobe and then one in Osaka. And the Buffaloes are doing the same. Um, and, and as you pointed out before, it's a Thursday, but it's a national holiday. Correct. Yeah. So hoping to get out to that. Um, one of these teams is going to be celebrating an even bigger victory at that parade, depending on which one takes the uh, the Kansai Derby. But, but we're getting to that later in the show. Bring it on, and, brother. Yes. And also, uh, a couple of days after that, on the 25th, on the Saturday, we'll be having the annual Fan Appreciation Day, and that takes place right at Koshian Stadium. And they always plan kind of fun events for the players, um, some fan interaction. They got like kind of a talk show with a comedian kind of being the host. All kinds of different stuff. And they, they mix it up every year. So it's always a bit different. But they always have like weird times where like last year's rookie crop dresses up all like in some humiliating costume. And they just have to come out and talk and kind of be idiots, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Some of that I, I, I don't really need, but it's okay. They they, they enjoy it. Ditto. I Yeah, I shake my head and go, okay, it's Japan and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, okay, so let's get on then and talk a little bit about the injury report. And this is going to come into play, of course, uh, for the Japan series, especially. We got two guys here that we need to talk about that actually are coming back from injury. They will be on the roster. And those would be Yuasa, uh, the closer on opening day, who will probably fit in somewhere in the bullpen or at least be on the on the squad and eligible to play uh, coming off of forearm injury. And then also Umeno will be on the roster, but I've also heard that there's a good chance he won't be able to play. Yeah, that might be just a little pat on his back for having been just such a stalwart all year long. Yep, exactly, exactly. And I mean, so the rosters, I didn't know this until this year. is the first time I actually knew. Maybe because we've never had a Japan series since 2014. Uh, the roster limit actually expands from 31 to 40. Yeah. So I think the number of bench players stays the same. But I guess the idea is that you're not going to be swapping guys up and down from the quote-unquote farm. You just got these 40 guys that you can play with. So you got like... 14, 14 guys of wiggle room, or is it 12 guys? Either way, you got enough guys that you can kind of keep off the bench, but have eligible at any time. And then you don't have to deactivate uh, from game to game. Right. So you got a little bit more flexibility. I mean, it's that they do that in the major leagues as well, the expanded rosters for postseason. So yeah. It's kind of a September thing, though, isn't it? In the, in the majors. And then you've yeah, got like, a bunch yeah. of other guys that get their cup of coffee in September. Anyways, um, good for them. And then we've got a couple other injuries that we won't touch just because uh, we'll talk about that either in the offseason or when we preview 2024 because those guys won't be factoring in right now anyways. So before we recap the final stage of the Climax Series, let's thank our Patreons out there. And of course, um, we have been really enjoying doing Patreon. And I know it's the end of the season, so probably very few people will be joining in on the fun right now. But patreon.com slash the Hanshin Tigers is where you can at least check out what we do there and maybe consider getting on in 2024. So I want to thank Chad, Location Unknown. He's the newest patron out there. Jamie of Central English, Okayama. Anita, happy birthday, by the way. Today is her birthday in Nishinomiya. Happy birthday, Anita. Yeah. Joe in Wakayama. Tom Zilla in Osaka. Man, being Kansai, he's been doing some great stuff. He's had He's got some good videos of the Dotonbori celebrations. So check him out on YouTube, Instagram. It's being Kansai. JD in Kyoto, Tokyo Paul, Tokyo Paulo's Swadcast, whatever you want to call it. Mario in the <laughs> USA, Shane Barclay of Japan Ball. We're hopefully going to have him on the show this offseason as a guest. Blaine, Ian, and Rick in Texas, who must have enjoyed the Astros versus Rangers game seven today. Jay in Minnesota, Sean in Manchester, Fran in the UK, and Yana in Osaka. Thank you all, patrons. Thank you, patrons. So we have uh, just three games to recap here, Sanjay, but they are very important games, obviously, uh, those being the final stage of the Climax series, which was a best and, of seven, right? Um, on and paper. we couldn't be happier that there were only three games to recap. Yes and no. Um, you know, it would have been maybe nice to give Nishi and, and Psyche a little bit of game action that they haven't seen in forever. But other than that, Oh, yes. I see where you're going. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyhow, um, the series started on the 18th of october that was a wednesday at koshien it went 18th 19th and 20th and then the celebrations uh began so the 18th uh we took down the carp four to one 
they got the lead in the top of the fourth, um, and that was on a triple plus a sack fly. By the way, we had Murakami on the mound for this one. He went six innings, and he wasn't like his dominant self in that he walked three guys, which I think that was the first time he did all season. I think that's the high for him for the season, yeah. Well, his whip on this day was a ghastly 1.00. <laughs> After his season Heaven whip forbid. being 0.74. So, yeah. Yeah. 25% worse than usual, Murakami, was still good for six innings and one run against. Gotta love the guy, man. Indeed, indeed. And nice nice enough, um, the guys, even the score in the bottom of the fourth right away, um, or the guy, I should say, it was Morista with a blast to left field, a home run. And then in the fifth inning, we got a three spot up there with Sakamoto getting hit by a pitch, Kinami singling to right, and then it was a double down the line from, yes, that's right, Murakami, our Murakami, not the one that hit 56 bombs last year. No, the rookie of the year, Murakami. Um, and then the, the Carp had their infield yeah. drawn in and Chikamoto hit one right up the middle past them and two more scored. So it's four to one. And in the, the latter innings, those last three innings, Kirishiki pitched us one inning. Ishii and Shimamoto combined for another inning and then Iwazaki closed it for the four to one win to begin this series right. So can I give props to Murakami because he is that one pitcher or one of the rare pitchers like Fujikawa Kyuji was who throws right, bats left. And uh, gets the job done. Of course, he'd give props to Murakami. That was an amazing uh, piece of batting. And actually, like the first baseman, because we our runner was on first, the first baseman was actually close to the bag, and it still got past him. So it was a well-hit ball. Yeah, exactly. It was not an error or anything. This was he, he just legit hit a double down the line. Well, I mean, it, it made it all the way to the walls. So it was, yeah, I mean, definitely well-hit. Um, oddly enough, they had... Interesting starting lineup. I think Arai was trying a little bit too hard to do some Arai magic. There's some guy named Nirasawa uh, starting at first. Never heard of the guy. Me neither. Right? And usually they would have like Dobayashi there or maybe like a McBroom or maybe even Davidson. But, you know, Davidson and McBroom didn't even factor into this series at all, which I thought was interesting. You're right. And McBroom apparently is out and Davidson is still up in the air. Well, anyways, uh, let's move on to game two unless you have anything else you want to add. No, no, no. Let's move on. Okay. So, uh, game two, it's Ito versus Osera. And uh, Kikuchi actually led this game off top of the first of the double. And then it was a soft single two batters later uh, from Kozono that made it into left field for their one and only run. Bottom of the second, Sato hit a single. And then Noisy followed that up with a single to right that got past their right fielder. Uh, he's credited for a single and an E9, but it scored Sato. So, that was the tying run. And then... Um, Ito went seven innings, but in five of those, he let the leadoff runner on base. Nevertheless, he stopped him. He kept him to that one run. That was a bit painful to watch, right? It was. It was actually a very hard game to watch. And people said, yeah, awesome game, guys. Awesome game. But I mean, the Tigers didn't play their best. And truth be told, like the whole series, this was not the best Tigers baseball I've ever seen. It was our pitchers hanging in there, getting the outs when they needed to, and the hitters doing just enough on most of these days but whatever wins are wins let's keep talking about this one though um so in this one ishii had uh another two and uh pardon me two-thirds of an inning um top of the eighth shimamoto with a strikeout or am i i think i'm repeating myself from the previous game it seems like it anyways or maybe it's the same uh two that trotted out uh iwazaki with a clean top of the ninth and our guys had very few chances all night it just seemed like Man, our innings were super quick. I remember one one inning, it was uh, Morishita Oyama Sato that took all of five pitches to get the three outs. Yeah, our defense was um, on the field way longer than their defense. Indeed, indeed. But, you know, at the end of the game, uh, the team that walks off or stays on the field and celebrates is all that matters. And that was us because in the bottom of the ninth, Oyama with a one-out double, noisy, got walked intentionally. And I think that was a mistake on their part. Although the way that Noisy's been hitting, it wasn't a mistake, maybe. Uh, Sakamoto walked on four pitches, so the bases are loaded. And it was really cool because he kind of pointed to his eyes and then pointed at Kinami as he walked to first base. Like, it's on you now, man. It's up to you to do it. And then Kinami... Yeah, I'm watching you. Yeah. Yep. And then Kinami, um, you know, he's up there looking a little bit rough, uh, swings at a bad pitch to go down 0-2. 
but then he worked the uh, he worked the count to a sixth pitch. I think it was still a one two count because he'd fouled off a couple pitches. Uh, but he drilled it through the right side of the infield, a walk off win. And as he hit the ball, he kind of did the same thing back. Or pardon me, during the celebration, he did the same thing back right at Sakamoto. He's like he pointed to his eyes and pointed. At him like I did it, dude. I did it. Yeah, and actually Okada said, um, I think on on this one that when Kinami swung at some really high pitches. He was a little bit worried that this was not going to end well. But the the hit that he got was also a high pitch, and he mm-hmm. managed to get the bat on top of it and drills it to the right side. So what good on you, Kinami. Yep, exactly. You know, during the game, I was actually texting Zorni. Um, and I do this, I tend to do this when I get nervous and I don't want to tweet so much because I'm like, well, if I, I don't know, I'm like, I want to make sure I keep a pretty good image and not be negative or sarcastic on Twitter as much as possible, even though it's meant to be both of those things for most people. Um, so I just, I text Zorni <laughs> instead. Well, anyways, as Sakamoto is up at bat and he, the first two pitches he takes are balls, I tweeted Zorni or not tweeted, texted Zorni real quick. And I was like, man, if Sakamoto walks here, Kinami's going to do it. I know it. So I actually was positive in my in my tech to Zorni. Um, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So I was pretty happy about that. Not for myself, but obviously for Kinami. You you helped make it happen with a positive juju. I mean, you know what? It's needed. And and there's also, you know, there's such a thing in Japanese. Well, I mean, kind of worldwide, but, you know, Kotodama, right? Kind of yeah. like what, what you say, man, you're breathing, you're breathing your spirit through your words into reality. Almost. There you go. I might have distorted that a bit, but that's that's the basic gist of it. So anyhow, (laughs) anyhow, yeah, translated to English, I think it's something like juju. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, let's go on to game three, Uh, October the 20th. This would be Friday, so we're still not even at the weekend. But man, it felt like the weekend started early because it's party time. Otake on the mound. um, He was good through three innings, allowing them nothing. But in the top of the fourth, um, they scored um on a weak single from Sakakura. Actually, they got quite a few hits off of Otake, and a lot of them were yeah. kind of of the soft variety. They had a couple, I think one or two infield hits. That one was kind of a, you know, like Otake actually won the battle but lost the war. Yeah. Um, but so they scored the one is one zero. The Tigers again, this is the third straight game that they uh give up the lead, uh, you know, the opening run, and then they come right back. So bottom of the fourth, Nakano gets an infield hit, Oyama walks. Noisy and Sakamoto with back-to-back RBI singles, so it's two to one. The carp tied it up in the top of the fifth on a Dobayashi sack fly that scored Kikuchi, so it's five uh, two to two. Um, in the top of the or after five innings, I should say Otake is done, so he doesn't get the win. He also just went five innings because his pitch count was crazy high. Uh, he was like twenty of- pitches per inning, I think. He went he went yep. hundred pitches in five innings. You're exactly right. Yeah, it was. I think it was one hundred and five pitches. Yeah, so he was averaging like twenty one per inning, which is uncharacteristically high for him. You know, he is he is a guy that pitches the contact, and like I said, they were making contact, and it wasn't good contact, but it was just the law of BABIP that worked against them in this one. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, um, where are we? Bottom of the sixth. Um, so Sato with a single, noisy walks. And Sakamoto with an RBI single, uh, so his second RBI of the day. It's three to two now. Bottom of the seventh, Kinami with a hit. Uh, they walk Chikamoto on purpose, and then Nakano with a walk. So it's kind of similar to the day before when they intentionally walked uh, Noisy, and then Sakamoto walked right. So now his base is loaded, but they walk another Morista, um, and then. That was that. We actually had a decent chance. It's bases loaded, one out for Oyama and Sato. Neither of them could cash anyone in, but that's okay. It's four to two. Kirishiki pitched the sixth and seventh innings. Iwasada, Ishii, and Shimamoto combined for the eighth inning. And then Iwasaki closed it out. So the series ends on a fly ball to Noisy, a nice easy one, kind of similar to the one that uh, Kanemoto caught in 2005 to clinch the pennant. Um, Kinami was named good, the Good analogy. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it. it it fits, right? It was it was that kind of low, not quite a line drive, not quite a fly ball type of hit. Yeah. But it was it was as soon as it left the bat, you're like, oh, easy out. You know? Yep. Yeah. So Kinami got series MVP. I think he I if I'm not mistaken, he got a million yen from the central league and a million yen from NPB for that. Uh, yeah, I think he came up with two million yen on that one as a result. And yep. good on you, man, Kinami. Way to go. Say ya. Say you say ya. So two million, that's that's like what about fifteen grand? Yeah, two million yen. Yeah, at today's uh uh exchange rate, yeah, it's about at, at today's reduced exchange rate. Yes, right. Yeah. 
So I mean, fifteen grand is still going to get him a really good family vacation or whatever. You know, it's 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 extra money in the bank. You know, so you take it. Come to Hawaii, say yeah. <laughs> you got a place to stay, haha! All right, so uh, there you go. We win the series three to zero. The carp go home with n- really nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, they they played a great season. They actually played a decent series because none of those games were blowouts. Um, just we just happened to get the better of them. Yeah, they they totally over outperformed their uh, preseason expectations. So hats off to Arai-san. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what they do next year. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times we base our predictions on the previous season standings and people are going to look and say, oh, well, the carp finished second. So, oh, the swallows finished fifth. So, uh, but you just never know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next year when we do the annual prediction uh, contest. Well, anyhow, let's jump into the hot topic, which of course means that we're going to preview the Japan series. Woohoo! Japan series, Nihon series. Anchu Tigers English English Anchu Tigers English So is it the Nihon series or the Nippon series? You know, I think in Japanese they say Nihon series, don't they? I don't know. Maybe I've, I've been away too far, too long maybe. I don't know. I got to find it somewhere in Romaji. It's got to be out there. Um, in Romaji, it is Nippon. Could be Nippon. But I, I'm, I'm thinking in Japanese when they say it, there's an extra accent in there or syllable in there if you will, when you say Nippon. Mm. And Nihon series is easier. It rolls off the tongue. So yeah. I think that's what people go with by default. That said, you know, it is the Nippon Ichi, right? When you win, when you win it all, it's the, yes. not the Nihon Ichi. It's a Nippon Ichi. Uh, so. Could be both. Yeah. Anyways, semantics. Okay, let's get into it then. Um, You probably know this as well, folks, but on the PL side of things, and we kind of alluded to this anyways, the Oryx Buffaloes took down the Chibolate Marines. Uh, Their series was, it was well fought as well. They had some interesting games because there were a couple of really high scoring ones at the start and then some really low scoring ones at the end. Um, But the Marines took one out of four. And so the Buffaloes made everybody's dream come true. It is going to be the Kansai Derby, if you will. But actually in Japan or in Kansai, it's been dubbed the Nambasen Shirizu. (laughs) Right. Because you can ride the Hanshin train from Koshien to Kyosera Dome on the Namba line. On the Namba line. On one ticket. Yeah. Yep. And if you check today's uh, H10 post, you'll see that I kind of posted, uh, they had some kind of commemorative uh, train tickets for the Namba Sen series. And I bought them. Really? Yeah. Like That's a fool. Cool. I, I overpaid for tickets I'm never going to use. <laughs> I, I have the tickets to the, um, oh God, when, when, when the Tigers won the Central League, they were mm-hmm. the, all these tickets to the Kansai um, seven or eight stations. I, I, Nishinomiya and Nagashiya and Amagasaki and so on uh-huh. to enter the station. Hmm. Commemorative ones. Well, I'll, I'll send you a picture. Sure. It, it, it's obviously a collector's item and you're not going to use it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's all of these things are. And honestly, like, I'm not saying I did it for the investment, but I am thinking to myself that 20 years from now, it's going to be a pretty cool item that people will be like, whoa, they made that. Oh, yeah. Look at that cheesy graphics or whatever. Look, paper. They use paper. Whatever they're going to say, right? It's just going to be interesting. <laughs> okay. So let's get down to it then. The series starts this coming Saturday, October the 28th. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, they'll be playing at Kyosera Dome Osaka, the home of the Buffaloes. We'll get a day off on Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 31st, November 1, November 2, will be at Hanshin Koshien Stadium. And then the 4th and the 5th, the Saturday and Sunday of the following week, um, of course, if necessary, we'll have games six and seven. Those will be at Kyosera Dome Osaka. And also, um, many of you know this, maybe not all, that games played in PL parks feature the DH and games played at the CL park will feature no DH. And so that means games one, two, six, and seven, we will have a designated hitter on the Hanshin Tigers. And rumor has it that a certain H10 founder will be at one of the games? Yes, a certain H10 founder who shall remain unnamed is going to be at game three. So <laughs> looking forward to it. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was hard to get those uh, lotto tickets, but I got them. So 
looking forward to it. I'm really hoping to get to at least one more game, preferably uh, game six or game seven, if I wanted to be really picky, because I have a feeling that the series is going to go a bit longer and I want to be at the game deciding, uh, the series deciding game. So um, my call out to the listeners is if you know anybody who has an extra ticket, hook, hook T-Ray up with them. Yes, I will gladly go. Um, as long as you're not marking up your ticket by too much. All right, let's <laughs> talk now about these teams. Um, so first we'll go with regular season uh, records and so on and so forth. The Hanshin Tigers finished the year 85, 53, and 5. The Buffaloes, 86, 53, and 4. So if they had played in the same league and assuming they had the same schedules and results, they would have been a half game apart with the Buffaloes being up by that half game. You know, I find that to be remarkable, actually, how close they are. Yeah. You know, if the if the Buffs had uh, lost their last game of the season, then we would have finished a half game up. So, you know, it was the last game that they won that did it. Well, anyhow, we won the Central by 11.5 over the Carp. They won the Pacific by 15.5 over the Marines and the Hawks because they were kind of tied for second. Um, In home runs, we had 84 on the year. They had 109. Stolen bases, we win that one 79 to 52. Um, batting averages and ERAs are fairly negligible in difference with us finishing three ticks below 247 to 250 for team batting average. And then we were four ticks, well, below, I guess, in ERA on the good side, better 2.66 yeah, to 2.70. Um, errors, we had 85 and they had 60. I don't care about that. Um, and then I'm going to put that on the dirt and Koshia anyway. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many factors that come into play that i wouldn't even yeah who cares um and then um the run differential is what is uh shocking to me the tigers had a 131 run differential and the buffaloes had 80 that surprised me actually yeah so i mean i think the tigers just beat teams a little bit more soundly and i don't know if they lost more close games or not I feel like we didn't. Well, no, when we did lose, there were quite a few close ones in there, truth be told. Yeah. And actually, if we look at the head to head from this year with us and the Buffaloes, like we outscored them 10 to 8, but we won one and lost two. So that kind of is telling of the uh, run differential as well. Um, game fun. one, by the way, this is June 13th at Koshien. It was Murakami for us, Yamamoto for them, and they beat us 2 to 0. The next game, June the 14th, was Nishi. The Yuki for us and Sotani, their first round draft pick rookie. Um, and we won that one eight to three. And then the third game was Ito for us and somebody for them. I forget who. I think it might have been Miyagi. Um, and we were winning two to one until the ninth inning. And Yuasa gave up the ghost. Two solo home runs. It was Tongu and Sugimoto. And right. we lost that one three to two. And that was the end of Yuasa. Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That was after the game. He was deactivated. It was, I guess, was determined that he had a forearm injury. He tried to work back from it, re-injured himself like one, I think the day they were going to call him back up. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, they beat us two out of three at Koshien. So I, I feel like our team kind of has a little bit of a chip on the shoulders going into this one. We got to make right what went wrong there. And we scored eight against them in one game, so it can be done. Yes, yes, indeed. So let's look at uh, projected lineups. Then uh, the starting eight or starting nine, whichever you want to, whichever we want to look at it. Um, so for us, it's again, you know, you could recite this from memory if you've been watching the Tigers at all this year. But we'll do this real quick. And again, if you want to mutter along with me, you can. Batting first, <laughs> Chikamoto in center. Second is Nakano at second. Third is Morista. In right, fourth is Oyama at first, fifth is Sato at third, sixth is Noisy in left, seventh is Sakamoto at catcher, eighth is Kinami uh, from hell to shortstop. He's the shortstop from hell. And then uh, ninth would be the starting pitcher. Yep. So um, in games one, two, six, and seven, we'll be plugging a DH in place of the pitcher. And of course, you know, the conventional way to do this is to say, okay, well, let's get one of our sluggers who... Uh, is not a very good fielder. Uh, give him a chance to bat in the cleanup. But Okada has said, what's the need for us to juggle our roster, juggle our starting lineup just for these four games or two, I guess, temporarily, because we don't know if we'll have the last two. 
Um, so apparently, he's going to possibly just put our DH in the ninth, the ninth slot. Yep. Why? Why fix it when it broke? When it ain't broke. He he jokingly said, and I I love that Okada has been really joking around with the press. Um, in this you know, lead up to the Japan series, he's like, I'm just going to put Mieses in there and make him bunt. <laughs> yep. And yes, I said, I've never bunted, but I will practice it. Yeah, there you go. So uh, that's the way it goes for us. Okay, so we'll probably have Mieses. I would guess it would be him. I, it depends. You know, it might be Onodera. It might be. Yeah, I was going to say Onodera could be called in for one of the games. I actually think he'd be a solid choice at DH because he has hit well this year. Um, and he fits kind of the role of that number number nine hitter in a sense that he would just kind of pass things on back to the top of the order, maybe a bit better than Mieses would. Right, and it might not be nice to have Mieses as your sort of um, ace up the sleeve when you want a potential home run threat to come mm-hmm. in to pitch it. Yes, indeed. So as for the Buffaloes, and they have juggled their starting lineup so much, and even in that series against the Marines, I don't think they fielded the same starting nine in any game. So this is just a guess, just based on what I've seen. In their in, in their trends, but it's probably not going to play out this way. So they had Nakagawa batting first, playing center field. Mune batting second at third base. Mori batting third in right field, which is odd because they picked him up as a catcher, and he did a lot of DHing this year too. Um, but they've got uh, Leandro Cedeno, um as their cleanup hitter, the number four at DH. Sugimoto was batting fifth, playing left field. Although he's hurt, we're not sure if he'll be back in time. Gonzalez, that's Mar, uh, Mar- Marwin Gonzalez, Margo, um, playing first base and batting sixth. And Gibo, Sho Gibo, I think his name is, batting uh, seventh and playing second base. Noguchi is, has replaced Kure Bayashi because it sounds like their starting shortstop is going to be out as well. Um, and then batting ninth would be Wakatsuki, their catcher. But as I said, I've seen their order in all sorts of different orders. So I'm probably wrong about this. Yeah. And uh, I, as we talked about before we hit record, it's like Mori in right field. Wow. Yeah. Could present some problems. Um, well, problems for them, but some fun for us, especially uh, if he's playing right field at Koshien. Yep. But that'll be interesting because they won't have a DH at Koshien. So they'll either have to take Cedeno out or they'll have to find a place for him in the field. But I don't think he's much of a fielder. Or, you know, they might have to keep using Mori at in right field. We'll see. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, okay. Um, let's look at the benches. And, uh, oh, sorry. Actually, one more thing I wanted to talk about was who are their best players at at each different kind of skill, if you will. So, um, like, who's their home run threat? Who's their batting average leader? Et cetera. So let me just pull up some numbers here real quick, and uh, we'll talk about that. But first of all, let's let's talk about ours. So our top hitter, as far as number of hits, of course, you know that, right, Sanjay? Yeah, Mr. Nakano, my man. Takumu. Correct. Mu. Yep. Um, so he's he's first when it comes to that. Um, our top average guy, believe it or not, was Oyama with a 288. Surprising, but yes. Chika and Nakano had a 285, I believe. It's close enough, though. Yeah. So, I mean, three very good hitters there. Our our top home run guy was Sato with 24, uh, yep. which ties his career best. And uh, he established a career high with 92 RBIs, which also led the team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for stolen bases, of course, we had Chikamoto with 28. Yep. So for them, um, their leading bat- batting average was Tongu, uh, who was playing first base for them, but is also hurt. And he did pinch hit in the Climax series. So we're not sure if he'll be back as a starter or just off the bench, but he batted 307. And I think that actually led the PL. Yep. Um, top hits is Nakagawa, who's their leadoff guy with 136. Their top home run guy was Mori with 18. And he also led them in. RBI with 64. So it's kind of interesting, you know, like they crushed us in total number of home runs, but their top guy only had 18. So it means that they've got several guys that are a threat, I guess. That can go yard, yeah. Yeah. And their top stolen base guy <laughs> was uh, 
speaking of guys, we're going to get to the bench here right away, but Chano, um, who's, I believe, a rookie who led them with a whopping seven stolen bases. <laughs> yeah, I kind of noticed that we might be more fleet of foot than they are on the base pass. Yes. So um, Sakamoto may not have to worry too much about them trying to steal bases. We'll see. Okay. Um, as for our benches, uh, these are some names that I've got, and we'll just list them off. And then if you feel or any of them are threats, or if you have any any news on any of them, let me know. So for the Tigers, this is my guess as to who will be on the bench more often than not. We got Haraguchi, Itohara, Onodera, Watanabe, Mieses, Obata, Ueda, Shimada, Kumagai. Yeah, that's pretty much all, all I would I can imagine. And uh, one, two, three, four of them are very fleet of foot and will probably be used as pinch runners if and when needed. Correct. Yeah, I could see, well, pinch runners or maybe even if they need like a pinch bunter, they might yeah. be a pinch bunter or, yeah, we'll see. Um, So I don't, I mean, like, so our pinch hitters are not, outstanding like with all due respect to Haraguchi he didn't have a great year um Itohara is scrappy still he'll still earn the occasional walk and he'll poke a single through the infield um Onodera is decent Watanabe I'm not sure about and then Mieses is feast or famine and the rest of them as you said are basically runners can I make one point though please which is that for the entire climax series versus the carp we stayed with the same eight position players start to finish of every single game. Yes. Okada's like, why do we need to change him? It ain't broke. Let's not fix it. Right. Yeah, not even defensive replacements, which kind of goes to show you that um, he's got faith in these guys to defend right through the end, which means that nobody's really in there as a liability right from the start. Exactly. Which is nice. Okay, as for their bench, this is what I see just based on number of games played in the regular season and maybe a little bit of the playoff stuff that I've seen. And I don't know a ton about all these guys, but I can see um, T. Okada, who's the veteran there, Nishino, Oda, Watanabe, Chano, Oshiro, Hirooka, Fukuda, and Adachi as some names. Okay. so little about them that you can... Say whatever you like, and I wouldn't be able to call you out on any of it. Well, I'm just going to say dot, 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 because I really don't know what to say here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. those are the guys. I mean, you know, obviously, they're uh, they're good enough to be on the top squad. They're maybe not good enough to be starting uh, in the starting lineup. That said, I mean, I did talk to somebody who's a fan of both Oryx and Hanshin, and she said, you know, this is a team that likes to kind of mix and match just based on lineup, uh, based on um like the matchup and stuff like that. And so some of these guys on the bench are capable of starting, you know, like their second baseman Gibo is not like their absolute, you know, rock at second base, like Adachi might get put in there or Fukuda might get in in center field. And then they would move Nakagawa to one of the corners, that type of thing. Um, so they do have multiple options. A lot of these guys can also play multiple positions. Like Nakagawa also plays first base, things like that. Gotcha. Right. So look for them to kind of throw an array of uh, starting lineups and and all sorts of combinations at us, and they might do some mid game replacements. But I would have a feeling that uh, we may not. We you you can use permanent markers to put our players' names on the lineups. <laughs> sure thing, sure thing. Okay, let's look a little bit at the injury report. What I see for us, of course, we've mentioned both of these guys, but Umeno and Yuasa, they're kind of the only two that um, you know we were hoping to have on the roster that aren't there. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, um, and then for them, as I kind of alluded to earlier, Sugimoto, um, he hurt his, I think it was his ankle. I'm not mistaken. I'm not mistaken. He twisted his ankle in his last at bat of the last game of the final stage. So he apparently left the ballpark on crutches, but then he was also walking, um, you know, in his own power uh, the next day at workouts. He didn't work out with the team, but he was there and being Rao as he is, he was, I forgot the exact names because I don't know the 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 show or whatever. But he was saying that he was being treated by whoever the uh, the medicine man or whatever is in that in that comic book. I'm really sorry. I'm butchering this. No, no it's okay. But his Rao, which I'm I'm as ignorant as you are about this, but it's a thing. Yes, it's a it's a it's a manga character. Manga Anyways, thing. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. 
So Sugimoto might be out. Kurebayashi is probably out. Um, and then Tongu, as I said, he has pinch hit for them, but I don't know if he's going to be ready to take the field. They might use him as the DH in games one and two and six and seven, but then what do they do with Sedeno, right? So Tongu might just be their pinch hitter extraordinaire. Makes sense. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. We have ignored this, but we can't, and that would be our, our projected starters for this series. And so first... Um, it's kind of been established or rumored that this will be what Hanshin goes with. And then we'll talk about um, Oryx next. Uh, but Hanshin, apparently we're going with Murakami in game one. Makes total sense. Yep. Yep. Um, Nishi in game two, which is a little bit of a surprise. But then at the same time, A, he's a veteran. B, he had an outstanding September. C, he used to be with the Buffaloes and knows that ballpark better than any of our other guys. Totally agree. Ballpark and, and mound, yes. Yeah, and, so, and I, I think that that makes a lot of sense, actually. Right, so he is projected to be the, the Game 2 starter, and then we've got Ito, Otake, and Saiki for the games at Koshien, possibly. Yep. And then back to Murakami and Nishi for games 6 and 7, if necessary. I could also see us in Game 7 just having the all-hands-on-deck type of situation where Nishi might be the starter, but they don't expect him to go 6 or 7. They might make him, you know, have him go 3, and then maybe Ito comes in for a couple... Or whatever. Yeah, and I th- I think that at, at that point, then they might bring in Aoyagi even because he's been pitching. True. Um, in in situations. Right, right. So there's that option as well. Yes. Okay. So for them, um. Oh, by the way, I I personally like so even though Nishi in game two makes sense, I also kind of feel like you know what games one and two we don't have or we do have the DH, so I would rather use pitchers that don't hit very well and don't show any signs of being interested in hitting very well or bunting very well. So I kind of feel like Psyche might be better in game two or game <laughs> one. Good point. That's I love good. him as a pitcher. I don't love him when he's in the batter's box. He doesn't look very interested in hitting. You're right. Do you, do you remember that game against the Marines where he was going for the CGSO and in his last at bat, he was standing like in the very corner of the batter's box. Very like, back was, corner. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I mean that that kind of tells it all in a sense, right? He's just not. But you know what? I, it wouldn't surprise me if Okada told him to do that. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, there you go. That's the Tigers' um, rotation for the series, and then of course they're going to be starting. The Buffaloes will start with the Yamamoto on Saturday, Game One. So it'll be a rematch of that first game back in the interleague, Murakami versus Yamamoto. Probably, um, we're not sure what they're doing after that. I think, anyways, because. In their climax series, they went Yamamoto, Tajima, Azuma, Miyagi. That was the four that they went with. Miyagi is clearly their second best pitcher. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would be a waste for them to use him in the middle part of the series. Right? Like mm-hmm. if he pitched game four, that would have been on Saturday, the 21st. Yeah. So he should be, in theory, good to go on the 29th. Again, I'm not trying to give them advice that's going to help them. But if I were them, that's what I'd do. Stop. Stop. <laughs> um, and so then if they follow their order again um, for the rest of it, they would go Tajima game three and Azuma game four. And then they've got a guy named Sachiya Yamazaki um, or Yamasaki. I forget which one. Um, he's actually a very pretty good hitting uh, pitcher. He's a lefty. Um, he got a couple of key hits, I think, against the Swallows in the Japan series last year or the year before. So I would guess maybe they would slot him in for game five and then back to in, Yamamoto, Yamamoto Miyagi right. for game six and seven. Right. So I, I want to say that um, Okada was quoted as talking about Yamamoto and all the press was saying like, you're going to face Yamamoto in game one and you're not going to be able to score off of him. And Okada's like, dudes, man, he hasn't won every game he pitched this year. He's lost like X number of times. I, don't, I, I forget the numbers. It's six times or something like that. And he's given up a lot of runs. And if we're just going to talk about what it looks like on paper, why even play the game? We're playing. We can score. I don't mind if Yamoto's coming in game one. Not to talk too much about stuff that I know very little about, but I do remember that I'm uh, reading that I think it was 1962 when we had Fujimoto as our manager he actually kind of did the same thing. Like he played, he was the mouthpiece for the team and exuded confidence um, against the Giants, not in the playoffs, but just in the regular season. The, you know, the the Giants are the team that the Tigers could never beat. And he was like, right. who are they? I don't care. And he, you know, he was kind of like, 
talking down on them. And so I think in a way, like Okada's kind of it's it's just a game he's playing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. He's 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 running interference. Yep. Yeah. Go go. Right. So that's you know, um, if you look again at H10, I've done a translation of some of the columnists from Sponichi, I believe. Um, and their predictions for the series. And it's interesting. They all think it's going to go six or seven games. Um, well, anyways, almost all of them unequivocally said, and so the, the column kind of becomes very repetitive, but they all said both teams have amazing starting pitching. Both teams have really good bullpens. It's going to be a low scoring series. That's so, you know, so you know that that's not going to happen then. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they, when, when they say that, that's when things tend to not go that way. Um, high scoring games there could very well be you know like it's it's entirely possible in the playoffs you just never know and then again like like i kind of alluded to earlier as well nishi has not pitched in forever psyche has not pitched in forever um yamazaki didn't pitch in their playoffs either and then you know it's hard to say if we're going to do awesome against tajima and azuma because i don't think we've faced them in years either so you just can't bank on them shutting us down right that's why they got to so, play the games, man. Yep. It's not done on paper. But let's talk a little bit more paper before we actually predict this bad boy. So finally, let's talk a little bit about the bullpens. So this is who I've got listed in our bullpen. I think I might be missing like, a couple of guys, but I've got Iwazaki, Ishii, Iwasada, Kirishiki, Shimamoto, and Kajia. And Cole Brewer, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Brewer. Right. And then Bees is probably going to be somewhere. He, he'll at least be on the roster. I don't know if he'll be on the bench. And then right. Aoyagi is another one. Right. Yep. So we've got like a good number of options out of the bullpen. That's a lot of arms, man. Yes. Well, actually, you know what? They are no slouches themselves, you know, just as the uh, the pundits said in their predictions. So here's what we've got for the Buffaloes. Kirano's their closer. Um, okay. I'll comment later. Udagawa and Yamazaki. And Abe are their setup guys. They tend to be the high leverage guys. And then they've got Kogita, Yamaoka, and Higa. Now, all these guys I've listed so far have ERAs of 2.7 or under on the season. Mm. Okay. So very impressive. Um, and then they've also possibly got Wagas back. Um, he's backed into both of their uh, previous playoff runs. And then also Honda. Um, I think his name is Hitomi. Um, they both have pretty bad ERAs this year, so they'll probably be used very sparingly or just in desperate times. That's what we've got. Um, so Hirano, their closer. Um, you know, on on paper or at first glance, he's got great numbers. But I also read this stat um, before the playoffs: the percentage of innings that pitchers had uh, were able to get a one-two-three. Like allow no runners. Okay. And I think Iwazaki was somewhere around 50%. I think it was like 45, 46% at the time. Okay. He just had a completely clean inning. Um, Hirano's was 25%. Ooh. Yeah, which means that one out of four games, he's getting all three outs right away. But three out of four games, he's allowing at least one guy on base. And the manager is sweating bullets. Well, you know, just from the limited uh, Buffalo's action that I've watched or followed, I've just noticed that when games are close, like you just you can't believe that the game's over until it's over. Yeah. Whereas with some teams, you know what I mean? Like you got the closer, you're like, hey, game is over. Yeah. With Iwazaki, I think generally people could say that. You know, like he's been very good at that. And if I may give a shout out to our old friend Roberto Suarez, it was lights out when he came on. Yes, I was gonna mention that as well and figured I'd stick to our current roster, but yes. Suarez is definitely um, in there as well. By the way, it's just Robert, not Roberto. Um, anyhow, <laughs> so it's time now to jump into the predictions. What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? See the future? Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. See the future? Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. What's going to happen? Well, since we are, uh, you know, down to this final series, instead of just saying, hey, Tigers win, and this is how many I think they're going to win in, because we always do that. Let's go game by game and just generally kind of throw these rough guesses out there because we have no idea, obviously. But game one, it's Murakami against Yamamoto at Kyosara Dome. What do you think? 
Murakami. Okay. No, no, no doubt. All right. I'm actually going to give this one to the Buffaloes, and it's going to throw the Tigers Nation and the media into panic, but no need to panic. Okay. Game two, Nishi against possibly Miyagi. What do you think? This one, I'm not so sure, but I'm thinking maybe the Buffaloes. Okay. I think Nishi's going to step up because I've never seen him this hungry before. Um, so I think he is going to be the man. He's going to want to stick it to his old team as well. So I'm, It'll again, be a great, I think we're both saying we're going to split. It Pardon? would it would be a great story if Nishi was able to just stick it to the, his old team, wouldn't it? I mean, not that they yeah. did him any wrong or anything like that, not by any means. I mean, no. he's the one that chose no, no, him, no. but yeah. yeah, yeah, for I sure. Agree. Okay, so we both have them splitting that series, that little you know, the two game set in Osaka yep. and yep. going up the Namba line then to Koshien. Game three, it's Ito against Tajima potentially. What do you think? Hands down, Ito. Yes, and Otake versus Azuma. Game four. I'm gonna say again, hands down, Otake. Okay. And then game five. I'm I'm mostly in agreement on those. I feel like maybe one of those might slip away, but okay. And then game five, Psyche versus Satya. Man, I'm gonna say Psyche. It's gonna be four and one for us. Wow. Okay. So you're you're done already. You've played your cards. I'm done. I'm you done. You said Uno and you finished. Okay, good for you. Um <laughs> I have a feeling this is going back to Kyosera Dome. So I don't know which one of these, but I feel like there's going to be some kind of slip up and I don't know how it's going to happen, but the Tigers will take two out of three at Koshien. So it's going to be three games to two in favor of the Tigers going back to um, Kyosara Dome. That's because you're hoping one of our listeners with tickets to the Kyosara Dome game is going to be able to invite you to the game six. Hi, hi. Yeah, I suppose maybe, but I, I honestly think like maybe I'm just kind of uh, trying to write this out in a way that I would love to see it, but I feel like this one's going the distance. I think it's going to be a seven-game series, and I think that it's going to come down to the Tigers um, producing a run late in the game, possibly even against Hirano, um, like in the ninth inning of game seven. So I think that maybe Yamamoto versus Murakami again is going to go to Yamamoto, or it's going to go to the Buffaloes. And then game seven, at the very end, we're going to squeeze it out at the end. And Iwazaki is going to be the one that gets that final save. We're going to win it in seven games. It's going to be a tight one. And that last game, for sure, it's going to be a one-run game. That's it. Tigers in seven. You say Tigers in five. That's right. Of course, I'm interested to know what the rest of you out there are thinking. So feel free to write a comment or send us a message in some way. Um, You know what? You can't just say after the fact, like, oh, that's what I thought. Say it ahead of time like we did. Put your pride on the line. (laughs) that's right go out on a limb all right well that's a wrap for another episode of h10 quite possibly the last one until the japan series is over we'll see we might be back in the middle just depending on how things go but thank you for tuning in and if you haven't gotten your fill of us we're going to keep pumping out articles on the website doing that as much as possible during this time but we're also there on the social medias Uh, We got the Patreon, we got YouTube, Facebook, etc. Got the daily sports column that uh, hopefully will be coming out sometime during or soon after the Japan series. And uh, all those details are in the show notes. Special thanks to Infraction for the theme music and show for mixing the pod for us. Couldn't do it without you, show. Catch you all next time. Let's go, Hanshin Tigers! Gambari Hanshin Tigers!